Viktor Frankl said, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's way. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Stay tuned for the next hour as Sue explores the human psyche, what makes us tick and how to live better, more fulfilled and more meaningful lives. Only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on 101.9 High FM. My guest today is Robin Smuckler, and our topic is Joyzy Adar Project. And uh, we're going to be discussing that in a moment. I, uh, if my voice is still sounding very strange, I have my daughter-in-law, Leanne, sitting beside me. And between the two of us wheezers, we're going to get through <laughs> this, this program. Uh, I'll be handing over to you. It's wonderful to be with you and to be discussing your project. Now, we've, Rob, uh, Leanne and I both thought that this quote was you exactly. It's by Bob Marley, and it says, The greatness of a man is not in how much wealth he acquires, but in his integrity and his ability to affect those around him positively. Did you hear that? Yes, and good morning. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. It's such, it's so wonderful having you, Rob. I actually contacted Robin after she started this project to say I was incredibly moved by it and really enjoying it. And I asked her if she would come on my program. And thank goodness, here she is. She said yes. Rob, tell me about the motivation behind this project. Um, so, yeah, thank you. And thank you. The response has been wonderful. So that's always heartening. But basically, um, usually for Adar, I do a gratitude challenge for the last many years. And Leanne's also been involved in those. I've done a gratitude challenge because I feel like if we really want to be joyful, we have to be grateful. Um, and it's, it sounds, you know, gratitude's become such a buzzword, but I honestly believe if we integrated what it means to be grateful, and if we started looking at our lives in a different way, we would actually be joyful, no matter what's going on around us. So I've always done um, a gratitude challenge. And this year, I felt like people are, it's specifically in South Africa, um, there was a real heaviness. Um, there, there, are, there are realities that are, you know, difficult and challenging around us. And it's really, I feel like, been, it's overtaken all other goodness and really, really pulled people down. And when I thought about, are we going to do a gratitude challenge this year? I thought about it and I was like, imagine if we could see the place that we're living differently and if we could find an energy of where we are that actually is so beautiful and so magical and so magnificent. Um, so I thought it's interesting because Joburg and Josie are like the names that Johannesburg is called and they both fit with joy. So I was yeah. like, should I call it jo should I call it Joyberg or should I call it Josie? But I loved like the colloquialness of Josie. Josie's like a, a fun, name it's like an affectionate name for Johannesburg and mm. I loved bringing joy to that so it focuses on that Josie it's like our home it's you know it's fun it's free and also let's let's bring the joy so that's really was the idea of of starting this 
campaign or one, yeah, 30 day wonderful. project. And you know, you've been involved in so many different projects, uh, Rob, the, the swim Robin, Robin Island, which we'll discuss just now. But Leanne's actually got something to read of one of your project, one of your, uh, Joyzy Adar projects, one of the days. Uh, we are wild and free. We are not Europe, where they perfectly manicured lawns and strategically placed bus stops. We are Africa. We embrace the car guards at shopping centres because we are not paying exorbitant parking fees. And if we have nothing to give, give them a smile. It goes a long way. We have embraced load shedding. We plan around it and we enjoy the time out from technology and social media. And I must point out the positive. ESCOM has been really good and consistent in keeping with their <laughs> schedules. This is great. This is Africa. We have high levels of poverty. We are all trying our best. We are all battling, but again I say we are in it together. Food prices are high, but higher in other places around the world. God is alive in our society. Our people pray. Through the poverty, crime and desperation, there are smiles all around us. Always try and find the beauty around you. Now, Rob, that was so beautiful, and I'm sure you got many comments about that. Mm. And it, it is just so much right now. You are probably in load shedding. We're in load shedding. You might hear my inverter, and the studio is in load shedding. So I'm working from home on Zoom, and we're 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 still. What is what's happening? We are still in, uh, embracing one another. And getting on with what we're supposed to do, which is sharing a positive message. Yeah, so so I love that you're saying this now because you're saying we're both in load shedding. I literally, load shedding couldn't be further away from my reality right now. Yes, I don't have power. So I was a little concerned, you know, if my internet went down at home. So I left and I came and I'm sitting now at um, the Royal Johannesburg Golf Course and if I had to show you a photo of where I am, you'd say, are you somewhere exotic in Hawaii on some beautiful, magnificent, lush island? Um, so although the reality is at 8 o'clock this morning, the power went off and it's coming back on whenever, we, we're living with this dichotomy of our external environment, which is noisy and challenging, and then we're living with the reality of what's in front of us, which is actually beautiful. Um, I, I'm not like also, um, you know, blindsided and, and an ostrich with my head in the ground, not not realizing that there are issues. But I feel like um, the issues are so external to to the reality. Yes, they are there, and uh, our financial situation is dire, and the electricity. But at the same time, while that's all happening, there is so much beauty and so much goodness, and it just depends where you choose to put your focus. Um, it doesn't, other reality is as real. You know, when people say, oh, you look with your rose colored glasses, but you could also look with your black screens in front of your face. It's the same, you know, it's just how you choose to want to feel and how you choose to want to, um, to, to see the good. Absolutely. And, you know, I think if we do practice gratitude, it definitely be, helps us become more optimistic. And that the optimism and the gratitude actually with humor often, and you've definitely brought humor in, um, it, it definitely adds to our resilience and our ability to reach out to other people and to reach into ourselves too and see a different reality. And you know, the Ramdas, the um, monk said, uh, we're all just walking each other home. 
And I love that because we are in this together. It's not that we can actually say, oh, Houghton is not in load shedding or this one doesn't have it or that one doesn't. We're all, we're all in this together. Rob, absolutely. In yes. your own life, you are, have always practiced philanthropy. Where does that come from? Um, I mean, I was very, very close to my grandmother, who was a huge role model for me. And I just watched her, I think, my whole childhood. Like, they came from Lithuania, and they moved to Lichtenberg, and she just became, like, the woman's guild there. So the whole sh- – every Shabbos, the whole shul, the kiddishes, the, her home, it was just an open, giving, loving home. Um, but obviously, when I was born, they'd, they'd moved to Joburg. But I literally – I used to phone her and say – Gran, has your car been stolen? I see like um, an African gentleman driving the street. I just saw your car. And she said, no. Um, I met this man and he's desperate to get his child somewhere. So I just gave him my car for the day. Um, and Amazing. I would see the most. She literally, literally believed that material things were only there to be given or to be shared. There was nothing. There was no limitations. of. She didn't have a lot. But whatever she had was for everybody. And um, I just, I have the sense of like, we always arrived at her and she'd have Yontifs and Shabbos's and we never knew the people who were there. She would just find people and bring them into her home and love them and care for them. And for her, there was no color. There was no limitations. There was no, but I don't know you or who are you? There was just like, there's a human, you know, we all need love. We all need care. So just care. And I hope that, um, you know, something, something of that, um, inspired me and, and God instilled in me because I always just have her in mind, you know, when you think like, oh, that's a stretch or, you know, that's, that costs a lot. And I just think of her. It doesn't matter, you know, when there's a job to do and when there's light to be brought into the world, you be the one to bring it. That's wonderful. We'll get back to that shortly. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on 101.9 High FM, the Finding Human program. My guest today is Robin Schmuckler, and my daughter-in-law, Leanne, and I are sitting here together on Zoom. Um, if you would like to SMS us, please do so on 34519, or telegram us on 061-895-1019. Robin, getting back to your grandma, um, you know, Leanne, we were looking at this uh, one thing about you, which said, loaves made of love for Tata. Just read it, Lee, won't you? In the Jewish wow, tradition. you've done your research. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> In the Jewish tradition, when someone is sick, the women come together to bake challah bread. This was Robin Schmuckler and a group of other women who did this outside Nelson Mandela's home in Houghton. Robin said, we believe that if you give the first piece of dough to the priest, the blessings come into your home. Whatever lack you may have in your life, bread is our channel to bring blessings into the world. Wonderful, Rob. That's what you said when you were outside uh, Madiba Nelson Mandela's home. Someone who certainly practiced and showed us how to practice gratitude. And resilience. Oh, my word. Unbelievable. So Leanne went on to tell me about your grandmother and her challah and how you took this the first challah bake on. Tell me about that. Um, sure. I didn't realize you had 
so much insider info. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's something very, very special for me. So when my grandmother passed away, as I said, she, she used to just entertain. She actually, Stan and Pete was my uncle. Um, so she started, she helped to start Stan and Pete in her garage at home. And until uh-huh. the day she passed away, she was, ba- she was the baker for Stan and Pete. She made all the, the desserts. Um, so baking was a, a big part of her, her life. So I was actually in Israel when she passed away. Dev- like it was devastating for me to come home for her funeral. It was very sudden. Um, and I came back and I was thinking that week, what could I really do to perpetuate her memory? Like to, to hold her essence in the world of her giving her goodness and of course her delicious food. Um, so I thought, um, I mean, I'm not such a baker, you know, on her level. She could literally go somewhere and taste anything and come home and, and replicate it exactly. So I'm not. <laughs> But I did feel like Hala um, integrated her baking um, with bringing blessing into the world. So I was, I knew I was going back to Jerusalem at the end of the week of Shiva, and I thought it would be so special, you know, on a weekly basis. I could just invite friends who live in Israel, and we could start baking Hala. It's a consistent thing in her memory. So I did just, that. Just um, explain it, what Hala is. We've got a lot of listeners okay. listening in. Perfect. So it's it's known as different things. Some people call it kitka bread, but it's basically the braided bread that is very special that we eat on a Friday night. Um, it's it's what we bless our, you know, Shabbat is on the seventh day, very, very special, holy, beautiful day. And we use this bread as part of the blessing process. And we could do a whole show just about challah. Um, because it really is the essence. I feel it's the essence of what we're doing in this world. Um, it's, we take mundane ingredients. We take, the, I've been, I've been in the most bizarre places where I've walked into a shop and bought the ingredients for challah. It's, it's basic, basic flour, water, eggs, oil, sugar, easy ingredients. And, and I've always asked, like, how come something that's so holy and that's known to bring so much blessing is so mundane almost? And, it really teaches us that there's nothing in this world that's mundane. There's nothing that's physical without potential for being uplifted into some spiritual purpose. So I love the idea of challah. I love how it's so simple, yet it brings the highest blessings. Um, and it also weaves very so many different ideas. It's, it's full of contrasts. It's got the salt and the sweetness. It's got the wet and the dry. We're not going to go into the whole thing of challah. Yeah, we do. We will. Super. It's incredibly rich and deep and profound. So I was like, that's the thing I want to do for my grandmother. So I went back and it actually became um, like an event in Jerusalem. We used to all come to my apartment on a Thursday night, bake the dough, and then we'd actually go to Hebron, which is where the the tomb of all our patriarchs and matriarchs. We used to go there, which is not the safest place, but like in the middle of the night, and we'd do an all-nighter, come back and bake the bread and it became like tourists who came to Jerusalem used to call me up and say, can we come? Um, so it was, it was a cool vibe and was, I just loved that I could do that. Um, about a few years later, a friend of mine's sister got very ill. She had cancer. Um, actually it was Devorah who now the DL Link organization is named after her. Um, but I came back to South Africa and I, I'm very close to the family. And we sat and we said, like, what can we do spiritually for her? Like, the doctors are doing everything in their power. Everything is happening. What can we do? 
And um, I had like a crazy idea. They totally laughed at me. But I said, there is a power of 40 women joining together. We know 40 is the amount of days Moses went on the mountain. 40 is, is often a journey that pilgrimage take. I said, imagine if 40 is powerful. Why don't we try and bring 400 women together and bake challah? Um, if there's a power in 40, there's got to be an amplified power in 400. They started laughing at me. Everyone was like, and what happens if there's 399 women? Do we cancel? What happens if there's 401? And we laughed about it. But I actually left that day and I said, I want to do this. Um, and I remember phoning Gary Friedman and he said to me, I'll give you my whole, I'll give you the HOD. And I phoned your family, ran plastics. Paul didn't even blink his eye. He said, come walk with me through the my warehouse, tell me what bowls you need. Tell me. Uh, it, it, it didn't even, I can't even say that we ran it because honestly some power took over this. Um, at the end of the day, the night came, we called it a night of light um, and there were 600 women in the room and it was just wow. candles and light and this energy that it honestly felt like the world shifted. So that oh, was just beautiful. Um, yeah, it was wow. respect. And also just thinking through how do you bake it? You know, we didn't have other do we bring dough in and I was insistent I want each woman to have their own ingredients to bake it from scratch so we worked that all out put the model together it was it was a magical magical project um, and then about two a uh, few years later the chief rabbi was um, initiating the Shabbos project for the first time so I'd already built the model had had the whole concept so um, then I partnered with him on saying let's take 2,000 women, close off a street in Glen Hazel. Let's see what happens. It was funny. Like my friends still remember we walked, the, the one day we were walking to Shul to the synagogue on Saturday. Someone stopped me and said, you know what? You've done some things, but this one you've, you've gone mad. You've lost your mind. Um, you can't close off a street. You're not going to get women. No function. Anyway, I heard all the naysayers and we went ahead with it and uh, uh, nearly 3,000 women arrived. And I remember saying to everyone, put up your hand if you're happy to share your bowl because on both sides of the street there were there were queues of people waiting to come in but they didn't have tickets and every single woman put up their hand and said we're happy to share our bowl and we let everybody in and it was just something magical and I think the the pictures from there and the energy from there obviously took over and, and you know went around the world quickly with social media um, and then for the next year I actually worked full-time on writing all the guides and and getting the color bake international to for the next year when the Shabbos project went internationally the color bake obviously happened all around the world and and a few million people were baking challah um, but what Leanne would would remember is then we went on a trip to Poland and yeah. I remember like people were like oh, a million people are now baking challah what a brilliant idea and like what a concept but for me, it was so important to go back to Poland and to go back to my roots of where obviously my grandmother and my family came from. And mm. um, I, I remember hearing um, at Yad Vashem once they said a million, pe- uh, six million people is a story, is a, is a number. One person is a story. And I said, I want this challah in Poland to be for one person, for my grandmother. And like, wow, how wonderful. Really full, full circle, yeah, bringing that back. And thank God it's, it carries on. We, we do challah bakes all the time. And the, obviously the, you know, it just, it's gone on its own, like now pretty much bachelorettes and every function. And when someone's not well, uh, straight away we call a challah bake, you know, so it's yeah. become like a, it's become, it's become a very real important way of bringing blessing. Exactly. 
Um, Rob, you know that um, the one thing that you do bring in so often is loge, is uh, humor into the different things. And I've got one of your days here, one of your Josie Adar days that Leanne's going to read out. This was day six. It said, look for the helper. There's no doubt that to live in South Africa, you have to have a good sense of humor. Often during load shedding, you find yourself at a major intersection where the robots are out and traffic begins to back up. You can almost be guaranteed that the street beggar or the broom fruit sellers will put down their sign asking for money <laughs> or their wares that, that they are trying to sell and begin directing the traffic. They have no training, no understanding of the rules of the road, but they take the initiative and the amazing thing is that they do create order and the drivers do follow their instructions. It definitely makes you laugh, but on further contemplation, it has an incredibly powerful underlying message. These are people who rely solely on the few coins they receive, but yet they're so much more invested in helping, in contributing and making a difference. South Africa is made up of good people, good people who wanted to succeed and who do everything in their power to ensure, ensure its success. Living here begs the question, how can I help? How can I be a part of the solution? That was so beautiful, Rob. I really, and, and you know, when Leanne and I were reading it, we both were laughing, even though we'd read it quite a few times. But, uh, we, I still laugh because quite honestly, every time I do stop at a robot and see them all directing traffic in all directions, I do have a good laugh. And, you know, I was thinking during the night that the light that we share is actually the light that we spread. And that's exactly what you have done with this project. Tell me why you chose the month of Adar. And if you would tell our listeners who perhaps don't know what it, which the, the month is and what it symbolizes, could you tell us a bit about it? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's interesting when you speak about the humor. I'll go into Adar, but it was I thought about the idea. And then I thought, let's call it Joyzy. And I launched it. And literally, as soon as I started seeing people joining this this group, I was like, oh, what am I actually going to say? <laughs> I have no confidence. Um, and then obviously, obviously living here, there's goodness everywhere. But I was like, I know it's going to sound crazy, but I didn't want it to be like, not that it's boring, but like, you know, this one did this good thing and that one gave a sandwich to someone and that, which is amazing. And it happens all over. I want to, and also I don't want to be preachy. Like we should all live in South Africa and no one should leave. And also I didn't want it to be heavy and I didn't want it to be. So once I'd like decided to do this, I was like, wow, this is like a very tricky balance. And also Hadar is a Jewish month, and I was like, it's obviously going to speak to Jewish people, but there are also a lot of people on the group who are not Jewish. So yeah. I wanted it to be as relevant for any South African. And on the other hand, there's people overseas. So you don't want it to be – a lot of them are homesick, and a lot of my friends I know are, you know, struggle where they're living and, and miss South Africa. And a few actually left the group and messaged and said, I'm sorry. We, it's just literally making us too homesick. So it was a difficult balance. And thank you for it. And I like – I'm so happy that you can chuckle. And I thought there is also a beautiful side to that, even though I laugh every, I love, I love it. And it's without fail when there's load shedding, you see everyone, every robot, they, they, they take control and the, and the beggars get involved. And you call and so them the helpers. I, I love that. You call yeah. them the helpers, yeah. Rob. Sorry. So yeah, what but do you it, do it blows, I'm saying it blows my mind that 
they literally could earn so much more when the traffic is backed up than help it, but they help. And that just like blows me away. And so Adar is that every Jewish month, we actually go according to the lunar calendar, not the solar calendar. So it does overlap the, you know, like January, February in some way, but it's also a completely different calendar. And each month holds a very specific energy. We know that, um, you know, we should always be working on character development, but each month there's a specific thing that we should focus our attention on. And Adar, this month, this Jewish month, is known as the month of joy. And why is it such a joyful month? Is in the midst, exactly in the middle of this month, we have a festival which is called Purim, where literally against all odds, it was the darkest situation. It looks like the, it looked like the Jews were about to be annihilated. Um, you know, there was no hope. And through prayer and through human intervention, everything turned around. And obviously God's help, but nothing happens without God's help. But it's become known as the month of joy. And for me, I always feel like it's, it's not a cute idea. And it doesn't say to us, you know, try to be happy if you can. It says when this month comes, you have to increase your joy. But I feel like we have to look at what is joy. It's, I don't believe it's dancing on tables having tequila sometimes that's fun you can have tequilas you can have shots you can (laughs) dance and you can go wild but I feel like joy is honestly a very internal feeling where you feel like my soul is aligned with my purpose where you feel like you know light is overshadowing darkness and where you feel like you matter and when you feel like you know life feels Man, like sometimes life feels completely crazy and just upside down and unmanageable and I always feel like, I don't know if, I hope that I can have some impact, but to in, to try and instill a deeper joy in people this month. So as I said to you, I'm sitting here in load shedding. There are probably other people who are like, oh, I can't believe it again, and it's in the middle. And like I'm sitting here on a golf course and loving life. I, like when you say load shedding, I'm like, okay, what is it? Like, you know, it doesn't matter. So I think that that joy is to tap into the goodness that's always there and it's inherent and to live with purpose and to live with meaning exactly what your show is and exactly who you are. Um, you know, that's, that's really what I try and still, and it actually comes with a mind shift. Um, you can't be in, you know, in, in a world of complaining and, oh, this is so bad and this has got worse. I feel like if you're there, then try and find a better solution, you know, leave and, and try and make things better. But if you're in a situation, try and find the good and try and look for it. And I hope through the, through Adair and, you know, we do these little challenges. It's like 30 days, but I really do hope that it can, can have some kind of transformative shift where people start, you know, driving around and actually seeing. We've got a few messages for you, but one has come through from Judy in Australia. And she says, Sue, best show ever. And she sends kisses. <laughs> Thank you, Jude. Okay, Lee, you've got a few messages. Yeah, especially because, I mean, Rob, you sit there and you say, you know, you hope you're making an impact on people. Uh, you have no idea the impact you always make on people. So there's so many messages and we can't even read them all out. So Terry says, it's like sipping that glass of chilled white wine at the end of the day when reality is just too ugly. And Rob's, and Rob's messages remind us to look for the good, appreciate the moment, and be inspired by the woman. Then Leora says, in terms of Rob's messages, it feels like life feels so difficult for everyone right now. 
between the rising cost of living, constant load shedding, and just generally feeling like we have all been just barely hanging on for so long with no end in sight. It is so easy to get caught up and bogged down in all the things that are wrong. I think it is so special to even just have that one moment in the day when Rob's messages come through to remind us that there are still good things out there. And if we choose to, we can acknowledge them. Yeah, Rita, there's a couple more. We'll we'll sort of do them every now and again. Lauren says she's completely inspiring and Hashem has gifted her to teach us such practical life skills. At the moment, I'm getting so many WhatsApps and Robin's is the only one I'm managing to read every day. The very real life experiences and so practical to use in every day. They are short and to the point. The messages are so profound. I can't wait to read them every day. I've got so much inspiration out of them. We are so blessed to be a Jew in South Africa. Just there's one there that's from Paul, my son-in-law, Paul. And because you mentioned him, just want to tell you what he had to say. Paul says, wow, she really knows how to capture the essence of our soul as a nation. The Bantu runs through the veins of our people. And, you know, uh, Rob, the Ubuntu and the Tikkun um, Olam, uh, do you want to just discuss that for a moment? But actually, first of all, there's a message that has come through from uh, Judy Moritz, and she says, Robin, you rock, my darling. And then she says, well done to Leanne and I, and we're just going to to a break for a moment. Thank you, Craig. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. We're back with Robin uh, Schmuckler, and we've been discussing um, her project, uh, uh, Joyzy or Josie, whatever you want to call it, a DAO project. And uh, it's there's just been so many messages that have come through. So, Rob, what is it actually doing to your soul? Because the psychologist Rob, Robert Emmons, uh, he's an expert on gratitude defines gratitude as the ability to recognize goodness in our life due to due to the surroundings which you're in right now as well as actions of another person a group of people and the gratitude if acknowledged in uncertain times helps us recognize the goodness of our lives and which helps us calm the fear and the anxiety do you agree with that that it does calm the fear and anxiety well, if I can say one thing, um, you asked me to come on the show and hopefully give a message to others and, and a bit of inspiration. But I'm personally so inspired just by who you are, by what you've read out, by those messages. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking I shouldn't be this inspired and like grateful for the show. Like I was meant to come here and give something. I feel like, um, and there's that Hebrew word, which is Natan. Um, which is the word for giving. It's a palindrome. And it says, so often in giving, the receiving is as great. We don't even know where the giving ends and the receiving begins. So I feel like, you know, when you say that, like when you put out goodness or when you look with a good eye, the goodness that comes back to you is infinite fold. And I don't think we should ever do goodness, you know, waiting for something. It should always just be pure. But um, the knock-on effect is always is always profound. Um, and it's interesting, like you say, what has this done to me? So 
obviously wherever I go now, I'm like looking for the object. I'm looking for the story. I'm looking for, for what I can share. So on Sunday evening, if we, if we have two minutes, I'll, I'll quickly share a story. Um, so we actually, we were going to Santa and we were going to see a show. Um, and as we got there, we hit a, hit an island that, that wasn't clear and the tire burst. A friend of mine was driving and her tire popped. And we were now stuck on the side of the road near the half train station, which if anybody knows, there's a lot of hot, um, hot issues there with Uber drivers and taxis and fighting. And there's a lot of streets traffic, you know, people walking and it was in the night and it was Sunday evening. So our first thought was like, phone CSO and cat, you know, let's get protection. Within one second, you, you have a call, a, a place to call. They were like, no problem. Tell us where you are. We're sending a van straight away. So we already felt, okay, you know, our backs are covered. The next thing that happened completely blew us away. We were standing there, all women, and um, obviously a little bit concerned for our safety. And the, the next thing, this, this African gentleman came up to us and he said, what's wrong? Are you okay? We said, we have a flat. He said, okay, don't worry. Um, I've got this. I'm going to help you. And and we knew, like we could feel he was a, a good, safe, beautiful human. And he straight away took out the jack from the boot and he started trying to, to fix our tire. Unfortunately, he wasn't like a mechanic so he couldn't get the hubcaps off and he couldn't um but then somebody else had come and said what's happening let me help you he he got involved then the security guard arrived and he said why are you guys here it's not safe so he said no we have a flat he said i'm staying here i'm not leaving your side till your tire is changed and and within five and then Another guy came to help and we said to him, you know what? The best help would be just keep people away. We just want to quietly change the tire. And he became like the bodyguard. He was saying to people, no, no. We, and everyone was only coming to ask if they could help. Oh, and it was, the, and actually kept, kept, we gave the, 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 I got the wrong address. So it took them a long time, <laughs> but the whole time they were on the phone with us and trying to find us. But it was actually, um, like, you know, like also quite amazing that they did come so late because we got this experience of being vulnerable, being, you know, in a place where we thought was unsafe, but actually we were like surrounded by this bubble of security of helpers, you know, as we say, look for the helpers and carers and no one would put themselves into the situation to do an experiment at so and they didn't stop until and then like when we gave them something they're like no no you don't and we're like no no thank you we're so grateful but they didn't expect anything they literally wouldn't leave our side until and then Kat came right at the end when the last crew was but he also he's like can I follow you home and can we check can we take the tide to be pumped can we and it was just like uh, so heartening to to feel like we live with a fear reality of almost anticipating that this isn't safe um you know this I also I Always laugh. Nobody would ever walk in the streets at night in Joburg. You know, you think it's not safe. But if you come to the Jewish areas on a Friday night, you're going to see masses of people walking. And I keep thinking, like, what's the difference between Tuesday night and Friday night? You know, we just have a sense of of security. So I think we do need to upgrade our thinking in terms of how dangerous things are and how vulnerable we are. I think we're actually much more safe and protected than what we think. Isn't that a nice thought? I've just, I've just got a message from uh, Judy in, in Australia, and she said that that message was not from her. So I think that must have been from Judy Moritz. But she says that uh, it is an inspiring program, and, and Robin is very impressive. 
a wonderful project. So thank you, Jude. You know, I just need to say something about gratitude there because what you've just been explaining is almost like a circle of, of gratitude that one person starts it and then another person comes and it becomes like the circle of people willing to give. And I think that often happens with friendships and with groups. And, you know, while, while Judy, I know, is listening in, in Australia, um, every week she sends me a couple of beautiful uh, photos that Les, who's also her husband, a very good friend of mine, also uh, takes of the most wonderful scenery around um, uh, Sydney and wherever he has been. And I just appreciate what they send. And, and it's, it's almost like a glow in my own life when these photographs come. And it is the circle, Rob. This, you know, even I can, like you and Leanne and I sitting here, we have a circle of connection that often we don't allow ourselves to even recognize, but it's there and we can tap into it and just appreciate it and feel gratitude for it. Now, Lee, you've got a couple, another few messages to read out. So here's another message actually for me. Oh, this <laughs> from Leanne. I've always managed to find ways to be positive and rise above the negativity that surrounds us on a daily basis. This year, I found it really hard to find ways. Rob's daily messages have been just the thing I needed. Each day, each story so unique, each one more uplifting than the next. Each day, the words give me the inspiration to find meaning, positivity, and gratitude in my life. I'm so grateful for these daily messages. Rob, you are a true inspiration. It's lovely, Lee. And then another from, one. This is from Jean. Reading Robin's messages has had such an uplifting effect on my days. Knowing that there is caring and kindness in a chaotic country fills me with hope and the will to help where I can, even if it is only a small thing. Thanks, Robin, for making me smile and realize I'm loved together with so many others. Also, beautiful message that, Jean. Thank you. And this is from Jen. Says, you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy Robin's daily dose of inspiration. Thank you, Robin. So, Rob, those were a few of them. And do you want to hear, uh, do you want to hear um, Lee read back another one of your, your uh, project messages? Shall we do that? Okay, Rob? <laughs> uh, okay, Craig, same. We're just going to break for a moment. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with Robin Schultler, and Leanne Jackson is sitting next to me. And I would like to thank Mapundi and Busi and Craig for keeping us on air. And, um, and Rob, you know that um, you sent a message out. It's, we, we're going to be told so shortly to actually start wrapping up. So I wanted you just to mention the the, the later, well, one of the later uh, messages that you put out about the music keeps playing, and I love that. Do you want to just tell us a bit about how that came to you? Was it, I know it was a Facebook, I think, a post yeah. first. Yeah, so so I think also what I'm looking for in this is is that African spirit. You know, so the music goes on, and I feel like thank you for bringing that up because I feel like that's a theme. Um, it's like, yes, there's craziness, but the show goes on here and the music carries on. So that that specific day was a story about at the Linda Auditorium. They had a very big musical with the symphony orchestra, you know, big production. 
and a few minutes into the show, there was load shedding. And they assumed that the generator would just kick in and the show would literally go on. Um, so it didn't kick in. And then um, for a minute, it came back on and then it went off again. And instead of canceling the show or, you know, stopping the performance, they actually just continued to play with no fancy lights and with no fancy sound equipment, but just the pure music. And the beautiful thing is how it was received, that everybody in the audience sat in awe and it almost enhanced what the original experience was. It didn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh, now we've paid and, and you know, the, the, the lights went off. It almost made the show. Um, so I just love that. It's firstly that, you know, mus musicians just felt the confidence and the, obviously the energy to carry on and that the audience could receive it so warmly. And I think that really is a lesson for us. You know, when I look now at what's going on in other countries around the world, it's, I know our problems are not small, but it almost does make them seem a lot smaller. I'm like, thank God. Like, you know, we have a lot of things that our lives aren't in danger on a daily basis. And we are like financially and there are challenges and there's difficulty, but our music does go on here. And the people who invested and the people who are the helpers and the builders and the givers have a lot to contribute, which is also a blessing. And right now, the hardy so, dogs yeah. are agreeing with you. <laughs> Another message has come through from Annette Berger. Thank you for a beautiful and inspiring interview. Much love, Annette. And we've been told to wrap up, Rob. I would, we're going to actually be ending shortly. Um, I would just like people, if they would like to hear something from Deepak Chopra, I'll read one. He's a wonderful, um, a message that he put out, the victory of hope over uncertainty. And it's very definitely about how life's uncertainties at the moment seem to be so exaggerated. It's worth listening to. The Rebbe says to be kind is more important than to be right. Many times what people need is not a brilliant mind that speaks, but a special heart that listens. Right now we're going to be listening to the Kipnes and Ruth Sean. It's a beautiful day, which you had on your project. And, Robin, there is so much more to discuss. Thank you so much for being with us today and sharing part of yourself. And please go on with this project. Lee, would you like to give a message to Rob? Just, yeah, Rob, just never, ever stop doing what you're doing because if you actually realized the amount of people all around the world that you impact and inspire, it, 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 you're amazing, and you, this is your gift that you have to carry on giving to the world. Thank you so much for having me on the show. If I could leave us all with a blessing, it's to just quieten the outside noise and to switch up that inner music and, and find the peace and the, you know, all, the, all that we need is within us. So, yeah, just bless us that the music should go on and it should be beautiful. And thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you, Robin. I'll main to that. And thank you, Craig. If you'll just put on that Kipnes and Rishon, it's a beautiful day. <laughs>